Hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in to another week of Dynamo Discussions. So if you have a great idea, that's wonderful. If you have a great product, that's wonderful too. But if you're not actually selling anything, your startup doesn't quite count. So that's what we're going to talk about this week on Dynamo Discussions. We have one of our expert mentors who's going to elaborate on product market fit. Some very insightful advice, so we hope you enjoy. I'm Caitlin Wittenberg. And I'm Santosh Sankar. And on today's podcast, we have Andrew Goldner. He is the co-founder at GrowthX. That is a venture capital fund headquartered in San Francisco with offices in Nashville and Dallas. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Good morning. How are you both doing today? Doing great. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. My pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. So where we'd like to start is um, I like to, to hear the story on how you kind of got here. Um, can you maybe talk a little bit about how you ended up in venture capital? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I never thought I would end up in venture capital. Uh, I've had several people over a long time kind of pushing me in that direction because my background seems to point into it as, as something of an obvious decision. I resisted it because I just didn't know that I connected with the idea. And I also didn't understand how the economics of it worked well enough to allow me to be genuinely useful to people as opposed to just optimizing for transactions. You know, the 2% model of venture capital, as any most funds, doesn't pay for a whole lot of real help unless you're writing enormous checks out of an enormous fund. And that presents its own set of challenges and certainly opportunities, too. So for me, it's been a bit of a nonlinear path. Um, when I when I came to Silicon Valley uh, nearly four years ago, um, I started walk, working on a variety of different projects, um, and I and I noticed something interesting that in Silicon Valley, if a developer starts a company, they call him a founder, but if a marketer starts a company, they call her a non-technical founder. Hmm. And I always wondered about that. And so yeah. as I started digging in and learning a little bit more, I started hypothesizing about this idea of the deification of the developer here in Silicon Valley and in other startup cities around the world and what impact that was having, especially because products are now cheaper and easier to build and product talent is so plentiful um, that the real differentiator was no longer your product but market and yet there wasn't as much marketing talent and those on the marketing side, whether it be sales, biz dev, growth marketing, um, didn't go into it intentionally. And so it was all of those things that, interestingly enough, came together and motivated me to get into venture capital because I discovered an idea with, with dear friends and now partners, Will Bunker and Sean Shepard, that a focus on the market and not necessarily the product and an expertise to take founders and help them find product market fit and do so um, in a very formulaic way is the way that we could solve the broken economics of venture capital and be genuinely useful um, without um, asking limited partners to pay more than a 2% management fee. So that's actually how we got into venture capital and why our focus now is more about market than it is product. Talk about, talk about how um, you guys work. And, and this is, I think, a differentiating point. You know, the the, the amount of time we've spent together and you've discussed GrowthX's philosophy, 
how do you guys work with founders to work towards product market fit? You guys approach it, you know, very heavily from the market side, but kind of, could you take us through kind of the high level of that? Yeah, that'd be, be my pleasure. And yeah, I mean, listen, we, we took a look at the nearly 7,500 plus accelerators that now exist around the world um, and came away with one conclusion that the vast majority of them teach founders how to finish the product and raise money, um, but nobody was helping them market their product and make money. And so the program that we built, which is called the Market Acceleration Program, it's invitation only for those who are in the growth X portfolio. And so it operates as a bit of a reverse paywall. Until we write you a check, you can't get invited in. Um, and it's taking the idea that while your product and market may be unique, the path to product market fit is not. It happens to be formulaic through the stages of market discovery, messaging, outreach, results, and then scale. And so when a portfolio company is invited into the program, um, they follow a program, a very formulaic approach, um, following establishing the market foundation, which are things like resource review, making sure the organization has been mapped Right, making sure that you have a marketing and sales process and making sure that that process is fortified with the right technology stack for marketing and sales. Because the fundamentals of market development mean that your earliest revenue is not about profit, it's about learning. The market acceleration program is really about creating a functioning learning organization. It's about helping you get to the truth as fast as you can, regardless of what that truth is. The number one mistake that we have found that early startups make is they look to scale too quickly when there really isn't a foundation upon which to scale from. They've stacked up a certain amount of dollars in their bank account, and therefore they're ready to go out and stack up even more dollars faster. But if you were to select one of those dollars from the stack in their bank account and show it to them and say, I'm curious, how profitable is this dollar? They won't know the answer. Sure. If you selected another dollar and said, I'm curious, how predictable is this dollar? They wouldn't know. Well, what types of dollars are you then going to go out and stack up? Because I only want the most predictable, profitable, and scalable dollars. And the foundation to do that is where we start the program. And so creating what your ideal customer profile is, prioritizing the roadmap, understanding the right business and pros, pre, you know, pricing models, thinking about what the customer acquisition strategy is that can be done repeatedly and profitably. What is the unique value in selling propositions? How do you communicate that? How do you attract the right people into the funnel and qualify them to even belong in your CRM? Sure. And once they've been qualified, how do you move them through? But always doing it in such a way that it's repeatable, predictable, and scalable instead of one-off. And remembering that when you're early, what you want to do is get to profitability, break even as soon as you can. Because when you're break even, you can make different decisions from a different perspective. At that point, you can decide to stop subsidizing yourself with venture capital and grow based on your profits. Sure. And so 
going through that foundational approach of discovery and what the messaging is, and then instrumentation. Because again, if you're building a functional organization, you need to understand how to collect that data, but you need a place to be able to store that data, mm-hmm. learn from it, test it, measure it, validate it, iterate it, before you scale it. So it's very much about the scientific method and it's outcome-oriented. How, how do you kind of balance this, or, or what stage are teams at when you guys usually uh, get involved? Have they kind of finished their, their MVP and they're looking to kind of iterate to fit? And at that point, if they have raised capital, how do you kind of balance and, and um, really point out the fact that this is more important than worrying about what to do with this boatload of capital that's sitting in their bank account? Yeah, I mean, so we have chosen to uh, be involved at the seed stage. Um, And so our financial capital gets deployed at the seed stage. And at that point, again, you know, we we layer on and follow on with our intellectual capital. It's often nowadays that a founding team will have been or just about to graduate from an accelerator um, and they, they kind of hit that proverbial oh shit moment, which is that they understand how to do a two-minute pitch, uh, but they're going to run out of time and money before they get to the Series A unless they figure out how to get predictably profitable. And nobody's taught them that, and they don't come with the skills the, or the intuition behind that and are looking for that kind of help. And so we often partner with top accelerators around the country Um, and work with their graduates because we like fitting ourselves in between the graduation from the accelerator and the Series A institutional money. Having said that, we work with later stage companies and we have a Series B company in our portfolio as a seed stage and we also work with the Fortune 500 um, in a different capacity but with the same expertise and focus. And that's because the the notion of market development and the formulaic that we follow is not about the stage of your company. It's about the stage of your product. Sure. And so disruptive new product innovation is 100% of what a startup does. Um, it's also very much a part of what later stage companies do and public companies do. And so helping them understand how to do that um, it's the same approach that we work with with startups at. Speaking of how you work with teams, um, you know, you're having teams who, like you said earlier, are wanting to scale too quickly or they have misconceptions about how this is going to work. Can you maybe talk a little bit about your take on mentorship? How do you communicate to teams um, at different stages and allow them to grow on their own yet step in when necessary? Are you very hands-on? Just kind of your approach. Yeah, no, great question. I mean, listen, we all feel very deeply about mentorship. We're, we're in this business because we want to be helpful. You know, back to your first question, we, all, we avoided venture capital initially because we didn't think it was congruent with our desire to be helpful. We think we've figured out a way to actually push this and shift this profession 
and orient it more towards being actually useful and helpful. So mentorship is something that's very important. We're also a group of people that, that, that believe that there's no differentiation between personal and professional growth. And so identification of a growth mindset is one of the first boxes that we need to check in order to even be interested in making the investment in a company in the first place. Um, and so we're all very actively involved in mentorship. We're very proud partners at Galvanize, um, and we are mentors there. Um, we all have um, mentor opportunities that we pursue outside of GrowthX. One of them for me is Matter, which is a media accelerator based in San Francisco and New York. Um, and it's a very, a very important organization to me, and I mentor there. Um, for us at GrowthX and the Market Acceleration Program, it goes far beyond mentor. And yes, there's certainly an element of mentorship and fellowship with everything that we do. But the Market Acceleration is a heavy, hands-on approach where we are teaching the founding team to fish as opposed to just handing them the food. Um, that is the way we've designed the program, and it's the way we protect our investment. And we think it's far more valuable than even just sitting on a board seat. And so every step of the way through the program, we're never doing for them. We are not an outsourced provider. We are identifying the internal resources that are going to be playing the roles so that they can receive our approach, receive our help, and learn to do it on their own without us. And so the only times we're ever really doing is when it is that we're doing it beside them and doing it in the context to show them and enable them to do it without us. Mm -hmm. Because again, our idea is as soon as we can uh, disengage and leave them in a better place than where we found them and engage a different portfolio company, um, it, uh, it allows us to scale. What so you know you're you're a mentor obviously at, at with Dynamo this summer and um, you know what what would founders come to you and the GrowthX folks for if there are like two or three specific things that you would say you know if you're struggling with you know come to me let's talk through it for twenty minutes and see where we get what sure. would that be Well, I would say for me personally, um, it would be storytelling. It might be my background in publishing. Um, it might be understanding the predictable approach to raising venture capital. It's what I call raising predictable capital as opposed to earning predictable revenue. Mm -hmm. um, you know, certainly, you know, marketing, content marketing, and, you know, early market development ideas, all of those things are things that I'm passionate about and I love spending time with, with, with founders talking about. Sure. Um, more widely for the group of us, no surprise, it would you know be around the earliest you know intuitions and skills of market development. Yep. And so you know how are the what are the skills uh, and the behaviors that they want to be establishing now in order to orient themselves in the right direction to figure out whether they can find product market fit, and if so, what that product market fit is in a capital-efficient way. Sure. Um, and there are right-touch mentoring conversations that we can absolutely have 
to orient them in the direction, help them avoid the most common mistakes that founders make, right? Yep. When thinking about what does it mean to scale and how do I scale? A perfect example would be the mistake that just about every founder makes or will make, which is they have some early revenue oftentimes from a referential um, relationship, you know, for instance, from Dynamo and the, and, the, and, the, and the broad network that you have of people who've been there, done that, one of them may come on as an early referential customer, and that's brilliant. But mistaking that early referential revenue for its time to go out and hire a 20-year veteran of the space I'm looking to disrupt <laughs> when they're not stage relevant. Sure. And they show up and they want the playbook, they don't want to write the playbook. When they want the leads, but they don't want to create the leads, when their comp structure is misaligned, where the startup is, that's a mistake that every startup that I've been involved in has either made or will make. And so there really are some very specific conversations that we can have with the teams that you're bringing into Dynamo about how to make some of those early conversations, how to think about you know, prioritizing a map of current customer life cycles, how to be people focused, you know, how to be, you know, design centric, you know, how to think about setting the foundations that not all revenue is created equally and to not chase the all dollars that might come your direction, but to think early on what that hyper slice of the addressable market is that is your ideal customer profile that just allows you to take the product you have now currently and match it with someone who is able and capable and interested in realizing mm -hmm. the value of the product you have now yep. and using that to get to break even so that you can make decisions about your future in a different way. Sure. Um, real quick here, you know, you, you talked about people and being able to connect around people and that's something we feel very strongly about here. If there's one quality you look for in a founder or founding team, what is that? Well, I mean, listen, I could spout off the, the usual things you hear, you know, in terms of resilience, in terms of a growth mindset. Um, I, I guess I, maybe I'll flip the question, but hopefully answer it anyway. Um, GrowthX was founded upon two beliefs and eight core values. And the two beliefs are that nothing happens until someone sells something and founders shouldn't have to leave their homes to build a great company. Mm -hmm. um, and the, and, it's the, and so, so we want to make sure, first and foremost, that they have the early interest and intuition that products don't create value, customers do. But listen, far more important than um, making sure it's a good fit because of the stage at which we involved or the, the, the sectors or the industries that we like to be involved in, we've been very intentional um, and very public about our eight core values. And so it's no surprise that what we look for is congruity, because that's how we feel you bring, bring and build long-term healthy relationships, which mm -hmm. is what we're trying to do. Yep. And so when we meet people, um, of course we want to get excited about what the what they're trying to do and the problem they're trying to solve. And of course we want to know that it's a it's a very big venture capable idea. At the end of the day, we are venture capitalists looking to, to provide outsized returns to our, our partners. But really for us, it's about being people first. It's about having that growth mindset. It's about trust. It's about respectful and inclusiveness. Mm -hmm. It's about practicing gratefulness. It's about being transparent. 
It's about having humility. Those are the things that we look for because we're people first and we're looking to make human connections. Um, and so we're, we're purposefully um, building a community where we are transparent in who we are and what we believe in and what our core values are. And we're inviting founders to nurture themselves in and out of our community based on their genuine reflection of whether our core values are consistent with who they are as people. Yeah, I think it's very reassuring for for lots of um, aspiring entrepreneurs to hear someone say, you know, you should be able to start a great company from your hometown, which is something that Dynamo is very much aligned with. You know, we're here outside of Silicon Valley, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Maybe no one's heard of us. Maybe they have. But um, we really are of that belief that you should be able to live your life and, you know, have your home, but still build a great company. So I I think that's great to hear for our listeners and for us. And I I definitely give you an amen on that. Um, You know, I think there's probably no state outside of California that's doing more to harness entrepreneurs and to fuel economic growth in the state of Tennessee. Um, You know, to have a network of accelerators around that state that aren't pretending to be the Silicon Valley of blank, which is just pure silliness, but playing to the strengths of the great people and the great success that has come out of the state of Tennessee. And so having, for instance, Dynamo, a group of people with solid and genuine, been there, done that experiment in a logistics space, space, you know, success in that space, have been there, done that, and still willing to do and be there and to be useful, that's true acceleration, right? And so seeing, you know, a health tech accelerator or or a music accelerator or a medical device accelerator out of Nashville, right? Seeing a consumer product goods focused accelerator at the foot of the world headquarters of Procter & Gamble and Kroger, Brandery in Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. seeing Techstars Mobility in Detroit at the foot of Automotive, Again, back to what you're doing at Dynamo, that just makes a lot of sense. That is how you truly accelerate something. And yes, the idea that a founder should leave their friends, their family, and the relatively low-cost space of their home and move to the most expensive rat race in this country so that they can (laughs) be closer to their capitalists doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us. We want to see prosperity widen. We want to see growth creation everywhere, not just on the coasts of this country and around the world. And we do believe deeply, as I know the state of Tennessee does, and I know Dynamo does, uh, that entrepreneurism can do that. And so how do we create the systems and the fellowship and the resources so that founders can stay at home and build those great companies and see their exits and create prosperity um, and then be at home to continue to fuel that and give back and pay it forward to the next generation. That's great. Um, We're right there with you. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. It was great. We are very much looking forward to having you on as a mentor. You'll be a great resource for our teams. Well, thank you. And again, I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk to you both today. And I very much look forward to it. I know you guys are going to be bringing together some killer teams, and I can't wait to meet them. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dynamo Discussions. We will be back next week for more. Before I go, though, I have a favor to ask. If you like what we're doing, if you'll go on iTunes and rate the podcast, that would help us out a lot. 
What that does is it allows more people to see what we're doing on Dynamo Discussions, but it also gives us good feedback on what we're doing well and what we need to work on. You can also give us feedback on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at This Is Dynamo. So always reach out. I'll be the one that likely responds since I am the social media manager, and I'd love to chat. All right, have a great week.